You're listening to Club Thrive, the podcast with me, Kate Sterling. The podcast that helps ambitious, creative women stop surviving so they thrive personally and professionally. Improve your self-belief, your confidence, and dare to be seen, heard, and valued just the way you are. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of Club Thrive, the podcast with me, Kate Sterling. Um, lovely to have you here. Lovely to see you. Just slightly readjusting the camera. See you, those that are on YouTube. I've literally got, <laughs> I'm streaming to YouTube and I'm recording this to try and use some stuff for social media as well. And I'm also kind of quietly talking because Sienna's asleep and I want to make sure I record this before she wakes up. But hopefully you can hear. I think it should be fine. And um, fingers crossed. But thank you so much for being here, for listening, for all your likes and your shares and your reviews. It really, the follows, not the likes, um, the follows, it really makes a difference. Uh, it helps other people to know that this podcast is here. It helps other people to get to know um, how to improve their life, how to build confidence, how to build self-belief and it kind of builds that collective energy which in these earlier days, actually it's not that early anymore, um, we've been running Club Thrive for about six months now but you know in terms of uh, a business perspective it's kind of still very early days even though this interesting dichotomy of I've been a coach in fitness and nutrition and mindset and whatever for like 22 years, Club Thrive as a concept is quite new. And so I do really appreciate the follows. I do really appreciate the messages and the reviews of how you're finding it as well, because you know what it's like when you work by yourself, you're kind of in your own echo chamber. So I'm working obviously with clients and I work a lot um, with uh, one-to-ones and looking now at introducing more group kind of programs, because the big thing for me has always been about making what I do as accessible as possible, which is why I do the podcast. Because I know what it's like when you also, you know, are trying to find out the best ways to look after yourself, the best ways to improve your life, the best ways to, um, you know, overcome the shit that you have to overcome, pardon my French, because life can be super hard. And I think um, the thing I'm really passionate about is kind of acknowledging that and saying, okay, well, how can we help you feel like you are thriving, even if life has chucked you tons of curveballs and you feel like you're surviving. And this is where, you know, the whole concept of Club Thrive comes from really was from a time where I I really was in a very dark place after my divorce, where I didn't know what was going on anymore. I was 32, 33, I had to move back in with my parents and everything kind of imploded. And all of that runs in the background of Club Thrive and why I set it up in the first place and why I'm so passionate about helping you to realise your worth and your abilities and to help you build your confidence because I lost a lot of that after my divorce and because I'd had an eating disorder as a teenager as well and had anorexia, you know, a lot of that stems from it as well, that that really harsh inner critic, that really strong inner um, voice that says, God, you should be doing better than this and it's something I've been exploring this past week is kind of, you know, with performance coaching and and uh, mindset coaching it's all about breaking through what we think we're capable of but how much of that do we hold back from even going to get because we're so scared of um, of going down a path that we've been down before that we don't want to go back down like I don't want to go back down a path of an eating disorder I don't want to go back down the path of depression and so whenever I feel those kind of um those those edges I'm very very conscious of them because I know how quickly it can kind of almost become that tunnel vision and so um, I share that from a kind of perspective of I get it and I understand and I, I really, you know, I really truly and utterly want you to know that you are 
um, you have huge value and you have huge abilities to do incredible things. Um, but in the time when you feel like you can't, it feels hard and it painful, really, really, really painful. And, you know, I've been reflecting about this recently in terms of my own choices and my own hyper-independence in a way. Um, I'm in a relationship now and I have a baby, but I still really struggle to trust that I can... Um, it's not like I struggle to trust my partner. It's trusting that I don't have to do it all. And I think especially, not even especially as a parent now, but, you know, kind of especially in this time of, of letting go more and trusting myself more, I'm still overcoming those things that have... Um, become a subconscious or a knee-jerk reaction to the time after my divorce where I, I basically had to start my life completely from scratch and when I consider that and I think that wow that's seven years of rebuilding a life and starting afresh really um, then I'm doing really well and I can't compare my life to my friends that have not been through divorce and that have <laughs> a different career path and that are doing things differently and like we just can't compare ourselves, we can't compare ourselves like that, but of course we naturally do. And so this is what I wanna kind of give you in this episode is the tools for how you can continue to build that inner voice. Because what I really learned after my divorce was that you have to keep working at it. It's like a practice. It's a dedicated commitment to the rest of your life. And this is not a heavy thing. This is an incredible thing because actually what's going to happen then is that you develop this, this voice and these mechanisms and these tools and these resources from within you to help you whatever the situation. Hopefully, obviously, we don't have horrible um, events happening time and time again in our lives. But we also cannot control the outcomes often in our life. Like we often don't know what's happening. <laughs> Stuff does come at us from all angles or we find ourselves in a new situation and it bashes our confidence or we start to tell ourselves we can't do something and it really, that stops us from almost even trying or going back out there. And so this is really about saying, okay, well, we appreciate all of that. That's human nature. And it doesn't deny the fact that it happens. We can't pretend these things don't happen. They do happen. There's no point pretending that that isn't a thing. It's about saying, here are some things that you can do when that happens so that you don't get completely blindsided by them, so that your emotions don't take over. And, you know, the more I kind of realise, the more I kind of reflect, it's about that emotional intelligence as well, that ability to not let your emotions swamp you. And I say that from someone who is highly sensitive, who de... Um, there's a, there's a concept in coaching um, with dissociation and association. So when we're associated with something, we're very much in that world of the thing. So, you know, when you go through a breakup, for example, and it's very, very painful, you are associated to that breakup. Everything is, is incredibly loud and intense. By dissociating yourself from it, almost by kind of like cutting that cord and creating that space, you're able to deal with it better. But when you've got a lot of things going on at the same time, it's very hard to kind of you're associated and trying to dissociate because you've kind of got this association with the emotions and you're also trying to dissociate to deal with the emotions. And what I have found as well is that sometimes when we dissociate so much to deal with our emotions, it's then hard, we then dissociate full stop and it's hard to re-associate. And I've noticed it with my daughter where I'm really conscious of like, mm, okay, I feel like I should be feeling something here and I'm not feeling something. Have I dissociated so much from, um, from that feeling side of stuff to try and protect myself that actually I need to or I want to re-associate with her to be able to have that emotional connection I'm not saying I'm cold I'm not saying I'm non-empathetic that's my problem is that I'm overly I overly understand and I overly kind of go through that with you those experiences and I think that's the concept that actors probably also very much understand those of you that 
um, work in the field where you are having to step into the shoes of other people, unlike, um, for example, the other end of the spectrum, perhaps, well, even as a coach or uh, as a doctor or as a counsellor or therapist, you have to dissociate because we can't associate with your stories all the time because we'd just be upset all the time. Like the boundary there is very difficult to maintain for our own well-being. And so there's this balance of associating and understanding, but also being able to dissociate and saying, okay, well, how can I best support you um, with the tools so that you don't then feel like you're also in the story of the other person. And what I used to find was that I was so associated with all the feelings, I couldn't control them. And I think that's probably why I, my anxiety and my depression and um, all the all the coping mechanisms that I have developed over time in my life, whether that's the, you know the relationship with food or with with exercise, it's all these kind of coping mechanisms to deal with the stuff that we have thrown at us. But the big binding thing through all of this is your mindset and how you think. And it's all well and good saying, well, do you just develop a strong inner voice? How how do you do that? And this is what you know we're going to explore. Like I said today. And also just please know it's a practice. I have been doing this every single day, probably since like I was 18 trying to overcome my eating disorder. I'm 38 now, 20 years. And we hear that sometimes and we think, oh my God, I cannot give 20 years of my life to this. But the thing is, is that what happens if 20 years go by and you've not put that time in, you're gonna be in this place that you are right now, potentially even worse. If you put that time in every single day over the 20 years, you're not going to notice it. It's just going to pass. The time is going to pass anyway. And who knows what will happen in 20 years? Who knows what stuff's down the line for us? We just don't know. And letting go of that control can be very scary sometimes. But I'm saying that if, you know, there's that proverb, isn't there? The best day to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the next best day is today. It's the same concept. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the time that you feel like you've wasted. It doesn't matter about your age. It doesn't matter about your experiences. It doesn't matter if you're 72 or 22. The best time to start is today. The best time to start is right now. And, you know, I'm having to do a lot of this right now with like comparing or not comparing my life to the lives of some 20 year olds who are just growing up in a different time. And I, I know we're all growing up. We are all, we, you know, we all kind of still grow up. We're all growing up. Our life is a, an experience of growing up. But um, we can't compare ourselves to the people that are in a different part of their life and a different part of the generational kind of shift of the world and in a different experience to us who have different genetics and different backgrounds and different experiences and different genetic makeup like I just said because we are all entirely different and when we embrace that and we accept it it gives us this oh thank god this ability to deal with the stuff with with processing and you know I share all this because I am still unpacking it I am still being conscious of the choices that I make in my late 30s now as a result of going through a divorce in my early 30s as a result of having an eating disorder these are not things that just go away it's like um, that concept of grief where you know we don't the grief doesn't shrink we just grow around it all those things that we've experienced in our life we carry them with us and it's how we've processed them at the time versus maybe not um at you know whether we they come up whether they're triggered in inverted commas whether they are things that come out of the blue sometimes when you hear a certain song or you eat a certain food or whatever it is these things are you know it's stuff that we carry and I haven't actually read it but The Body Holds the Score um, is a book that talks a lot about this I believe and it's something that's on my reading list um, that you know I think for many of us um, 
who have had, well, I think probably all of us in the world have had challenging times and we don't obviously go around talking about them all the time because we don't, we have to keep focused on moving forwards. And so, you know, when you are struggling with that strong inner critic and it is emotionally pinging off everything, it's about coming back to that place of where am I right now? And that concept that I've um, introduced before of saying stop, literally say stop. You need to say it to be able to actually create a breaker for you. And whether it is saying something like stop or whether it is doing something a bit different, whether it's kind of, you know, you have something that you do, you play a, a song, you go out into, um, I don't know, a different environment, you get out your journal, you tell someone about it. But there needs to be a breaker in it. You need to be a, a circuit breaker in the way that you're thinking to be able to say, right, this is not what I want to think right now and I need to change this. And, um, you know, often it comes up, I think, when we, um, when someone says something to us and we hear it differently. And I was talking to a client about this today and a friend um, where we hear something or someone says something to us and actually what we interpret it as is something completely different to what they're saying. So someone might say, I need you to, to hurry up and do this work in 10 minutes. What you hear or what I might hear is, oh my God, I'm not working fast enough. I'm terrible at my job. I'm going to lose my job. This means my, my whole life is going to implode. And we spiral very quickly with those anxious thoughts. And it's about being able to rationalise and say, bloody hell, they're being a bit impatient. They told me that I had four days to do it. And now they're telling me I've got 10 minutes. Or it's about saying, okay, well, they've, I've got a lot on my plate here because they keep piling on work and, and perhaps, yeah, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of taking accountability now. Um, didn't used to like that very much, but actually now we have to take about accountability and it's an amazing thing. It's not a bad thing. Being able to say, right, okay, well, how can I actually um, either learn how to time manage better? How can I manage my boundaries better so that the words that people say to me aren't impacting me as painfully um, or I'm not taking the, that on board so quickly with that automatic reaction? What circuit breaker can I introduce here? How can I take accountability to look after myself? And it's very tricky as well when you don't have that bit, that self-worth for yourself, which is why building up your self-esteem, looking after yourself where you can with movement, exercise, whatever you want to see it as, nutrition, your relationship with food, not about losing weight or gaining weight. It's about that relationship with yourself, that relationship with food, that relationship with the people around you. How can you keep tweaking and how can you keep improving it to help you be in the best place possible to go out there and do the best work and to go out there and have the most fulfilling personal life um, an intimate life that you might want to have with someone. Um, so, you know, I this was something that I really struggled with during my divorce was that, and I think this probably happens a lot, I'm sure I've done it, where you say something to try and help someone feel better and actually it's not what they need to hear. And as the person that's receiving that message or whatever, we don't hear what we need to hear. So we think, God, they don't understand us. So I think, for example, um, someone had said to me once, you know, oh, don't worry, 10 years down the line, we'll all be getting a divorce. Or, you know, oh, we've all got boring husbands or whatever. And at the time, it wasn't necessarily even about the marriage. It was about the fact I was a mess and I didn't know where I existed anymore. And so all I heard was, well, your feelings basically are too big for what the pro for what you're going through don't be so dramatic don't be so over the top this is like really not a big deal whereas to me I was like my world has just imploded I don't know who the fuck I am anymore I don't know how I'm gonna have a life anymore who am I gonna have a baby with what am I gonna do I'm 32 I'm having to move back with my parents I don't own a house I don't own a flat that's all in my ex's name I don't have a consistent income I've just come out of doing an MA 
what the hell am I going to do? And basically, it's so tricky, isn't it? Because like in that situation, my friends or whoever meant well, and I'm not slating them at all. I'm using that as an example because I will have definitely done that where I'm like, oh God, someone's going through a really tough time. What can I say to really help them here from their perspective? And I'll say something and then I'll be like, oh, that was such a bad thing to say. We do it, it's human. And so by also not giving ourselves a hard time for these moments as well, it's kind of building up that compassion for ourselves to build that in a voice that can then help us out rather than shout at us when things don't go to plan. I genuinely am not slating anyone. If you're listening to this and you were there at that time in my life, I'm very, very grateful that you're still here now. And it's not a matter of it being right or wrong. It's just a matter of how we interpret things. And there's also then this agility that we can create as individuals when we hear words to say, I don't think that's what they meant. I think they're also stressed. You can put yourselves into their shoes to understand their perspective. You can be like, I actually think they're a dick. I'm not going to listen to them because they I, they don't know as much as they think they know. And it's this whole concept of hierarchy as well. When we've got someone that is either above us, in inverted commas, in a job, or has a bigger name than us in the world that we work in, we give them more weight, we give them more value, we give them a bigger size in our life. So when we hear words from them, we take them on like, oh, like, wow, that's a big thing. Rather than if it was someone that like you'd only just met down the road, you'd be like, they don't know anything about me. And it's about finding that balance of where you give that value to what you're hearing to also understand that actually what we hear and from who we hear it from, we get to choose how we interpret that information. We get to choose how much value we give it. And at the beginning of all of this, like it's a muscle that you learn. You're not just gonna be able to do this and it happens straight away. You know, it's like when someone says after an audition, yeah, that was really good. We really loved you, but I'm not quite sure you're right for the part. And we take that in those early days of like, oh my God, I'm terrible. I need to cut my hair. I need to lose 10 pounds. I need to dress differently. I need to go out shopping. When actually that's just not it at all. It's just that we don't fit the part and that's fine. And actually that's a good thing. Maybe we'd te- maybe someone else maybe would have done a terrible job. We don't, we don't give ourselves that chance to be like, maybe I could be shit at this. Maybe actually sometimes I will be terrible at something and that's okay too because we want to be good, because we care and we want to do a good job and we want to be liked and we want to be loved actually. We really want to be accepted. And so it's about being comfortable with those things and those things not happening, of, of not being right, of not being perfect, of being a bit shit, of, of not being right for the part um, in our, you know, whether we're talking in an acting job or in any job really, and saying, okay, well, I've had a lucky escape there. Maybe that job would be shit. Or maybe, you know, I'm not ready for it. Maybe I would have freaked out and I wouldn't have done a good job. What can I do to make sure that when I do get the job, I'm gonna smash it, I'm gonna be the best. And you can use that as an opportunity to build that inner voice. So rather than when things go wrong or we hear things from people where it really is painful, rather than it taking us down, we can say, how can I use this to my best of abilities to actually become more emotionally agile, to be able to deal with these situations better, to be able to say, no, hang on, look at this, this and this, because I'm gonna go off and find some evidence of why I am good for the part. You are wrong, you missed out. And it's also about taking that energy into of kind of, not necessarily being like, okay, I was really wrong, but you know, I wasn't right or, oh, but saying, hang on, actually, no, I am best for the job. What are you talking about? You, you're not even looking at what I'm capable of so that you also build your own self-confidence and your own information that you can say, no, hang on, here, I, here, here you go. And then if it's still not enough, then it's their loss. And ultimately, like, there are gonna come times in our life when this happens, and likewise in personal situations where people are gonna say things that they don't mean or, they're gonna say things because they're also having a difficult time and we can use our own understanding of their perspective to say, 
mm, okay, I'm just going to give that person some space. I don't think they're in the right place to really help me. I don't think they're the right person to help me, actually. They just, they just don't get it. I'm going to go find someone who does understand it, who does, who is going to help me, who is going to support me, who is going to help me to feel safe enough to share what I need to share. And this is the other really important thing. If you're feeling very vulnerable, um, it's very hard to share those things with people that you don't trust. And if you do share them with people you trust and then you don't hear back what you think you need to hear, then it almost becomes like information of proof that they don't love you. And that was another thing that after my divorce I really struggled with was this thing of like, I just needed to be told I was loved. I just needed to know that I was accepted still. And instead all I did was I collated all the information and all I heard was the information that told me that I wasn't loved and that basically, yeah, I don't know. I, w I want to try and be a bit careful with what I say, but basically that like, I wasn't the preferred person in the situation. And that's my interpretation. They weren't saying, or people weren't necessarily saying that, um, but as, a, as someone that was hurt and in pain, that's what I heard it as. And again, it's not that people are hurtful, it's just that sometimes we hear things, we don't hear the things that we need to hear, and it's up for us to then cre to create the words that we need to hear from ourselves. And, and actually, looking back, I'm really grateful that everything happened as it did because I have been able to develop that strong inner voice as a result. And there are still gonna be situations now that I find extremely challenging to be in. There are still situations now where I'm like, okay, I need to prepare myself to go into that room where there's gonna be certain people around or there's gonna be certain things said um, that I need to kind of mentally have heard already in my head to prepare myself. And when it comes down to that low self-belief and when people are saying things to us and we hear it differently, it's about saying, okay, how much of what I'm hearing is true? How much of what I'm creating in my mind here and in my body is a physical response? Because we feel it physically, don't we? We feel like, we feel the emotion, we feel the tension, we feel the need for comfort. And it's about catching those things so that you can make choices that don't inhibit you further on, that are in alignment with your values. So say for example, you've had a really bad day and you have said you're not gonna drink all week and um, I'm just using that as a bit of an extreme example, or that you're gonna try and eat better this week or whatever, or you're gonna commit to your exercise and you have something that goes really wrong in the morning and immediately the voice in your head's like, well, that's no point, like, let's go, right, I need something here, this is, I need something to feel better. I'm gonna get through the day and I'm gonna buy that bottle of wine on the way home. And then you've got more proof as well that you're not good enough because you're now self-sabotaging a little bit because you're collating proof of why you're not good enough, you're collating proof of why you're a failure to say, well, actually, look, this is what they said, and this here's the evidence. And it's like we create our own um, our own downfall by doing that. And self-sabotage isn't that simple, but by clocking these things that you're feeling and by clocking the things that you hear and then respond to, you are then able to act on uh, the things that you're feeling in a way that's gonna help you rather than strip you of that autonomy and of that power and of that strength to deal with things in a way that you need and want to deal with them in. And I think it's so important to remember that inner dialogue, it starts as soon as you wake up. Even if your day doesn't go to plan, it's about saying, okay, right, what do I need to do now to make this day still a great day? And it's about also reframing everything as it happens throughout the day. And to begin with, it's gonna be a very conscious thing that you need to be aware of. And over time, it becomes like a muscle. You start to do it naturally. The reframes just come in. You start to look for the opportunity. You start to look for the proof of why you are good. You start to decide, okay, I'm gonna let that go a bit quicker this time because last time I hold, held on to that for like two weeks and it really didn't do me very well. 
everything that we experience gives us more information. So I had a job a few weeks ago that I auditioned for and uh, I was like, wow, that's going to be like a really good buyout if I get that. So I didn't get a recall. I didn't get anything from it. But what I did get was the imagination of what it felt like to get that money into my bank account. So again, I was able to up-level what I believed I was ready and able and deserving to receive. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. That's cool. And so all of these moments, whether it's in your personal or your professional life, are helping you to develop that stronger inner voice when you act like this to really go further in your life. And it's super important that if you want to achieve something, you have to believe it's possible. And that comes from that inner voice. So that whatever people are saying at you, you've almost got that aura around you to protect you. And I'm not saying you ignore it. You're not completely dissociated from hearing things. You still hear the things, but you're able to then create that distance to say, whoa, hang on, I'm not going to just snap in like, um, what's the word? Uh, when you not interrogate, interpret. I'm not going to snap interpret what someone's just said. I'm just going to take a pause and break it down. And it does take a bit of time, but by doing that, you dissect it in a way that you're like, mm, okay, did they really mean that I'm rubbish at my job? Or did they just kind of, they've got a lot on their plate and they kind of are expecting too much from me. And then it doesn't create as much pressure and stress. And it's really important to remember you do deserve the things that you want to, um, to have and receive. Uh, it's important that you work on that belief. It's important that you identify with the things that you want to achieve. And sometimes when we, we have these moments of lower self-esteem and lower self-belief, it's because we don't believe we're capable of things that we want. And so it's about shortening that gap, understanding that people often say things without meaning for it to be hurtful. They're coming from a really, really good place. They're coming from a place of, this is me too. And it's about you saying, okay, this is where I need to be in order to get to where I want to go. You need to be able and ready to sacrifice the things that you are you are okay to let go of to be able to get what you want. Sometimes that means going for a workout rather than going to the gym, uh, going to the pub. Sometimes that means going for a glass of wine rather than going to the gym, depending on where your focus is. If you are someone that is hyperfixated, for example, on your health, and that's becoming like you are not doing enough, you are not doing enough, it could be benef beneficial for you to go and have a glass of wine with your mates to appreciate all the things that you are also good at um, in terms of you know having a chat, enjoying life in a different way. Whereas if you're also someone that maybe goes to the pub every single night and that's not helping you feel very good, maybe it's that you're going to swap out one of those nights for the gym because you deserve it, because you deserve to feel better rather than using it as a way of hiding how you're truly feeling. And then when all these things are aligned, you are aligned to the outcomes that you desire. You are aligned to the things that are going to help you achieve what you want to achieve. They're going to help you build that inner voice and it's going to help you to um, handle those moments where what you hear is not what's being said. And if it is what you hear is, is what's being said, then that person possibly isn't, is that person right for you? Is that person right to be in your circle of energy? Is that person someone you really want to hang around with? Maybe not. Who knows? That's up to you to decide. Um, I know it's challenging. I need to go because I think Sienna's waking up. But, you know, appreciate that there are challenges out there. We're always told to reframe things as easy. Understand what you're finding hard first so that you can reframe it, so that you can break it down. What is it that it's hard? What is it that you're scared of? What is it that you don't believe? And we have to trust ourselves. If you take every, anything from this podcast episode this week, please work on that self-trust. Work on finding that proof of all the things that you were doing great in your life. And this is the other thing. A year ago, I was absolutely sick with anxiety about where my life was going. I had no idea. I was coming, my, I had very close family members, very unwell. I was cacking my pants about the gas and electricity bills. 
And if I could have seen myself now, I would never have had that stress, right? In a year's time, you're going to look back and be like, why did I stress so much? So also maybe place yourself a year down the line, speak back to yourself where you are right now to reassure you, to remind you that it is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. Shorten the gap between where you are now to what you want so that it feels chunkable, achievable, doable. Set yourself up for the ultimate success. Set it up. You know, set yourself up for success. Anytime that you feel like you are sabotaging or um, taking yourself a backward step from where you want to go, just clock it. Don't give yourself a hard time. Have a chat with yourself, check in with what you need to do next and then take that step. And then that way you feel like you are constantly moving forwards. Okay, I'm going to make a run for it to go and get Sienna up. But you have an amazing week. Please um, do like, share, um, sorry, follow, share, review the podcast. If you do one thing, please can you uh, share it with a mate. So if you're going to do one thing, go and share it with a friend, um, whether it's this episode or another episode to help boost that self-belief in someone that's having a difficult time. Okay, have a great week and I will speak to you soon.